0: So exciting um, I'm excited because the resurrection is the foundation of the Christian Church. Yeah. The church was founded on three truths, and these truths have really proven true by those that have investigated because the the conclusion, if you do a thorough investigation and look at all the facts, really all point to the fact that Jesus rose again. And the other conclusions really don't make sense and they contradict each other. But the first truth is that Jesus was buried, he died. The first truth was that he actually died Mm -hmm. and he was buried, but the tomb was found empty. And that happened in Jerusalem not too far from where he was crucified. And the fa- there, it is factual that the tomb was empty. Nobody disputes that, really. There's times when people have tried to, but back at the day, even the Jews that crucified him and wanted him, you know, wanted to stamp out what he, what he was doing, they acknowledged that the tomb was empty because he was buried in Joseph Ar- Armaeus' Armaeus's tomb, who was a, a Sadducee at the time, and he was part of, the, part of the religious leadership. And he was very wealthy, very rich. And so he was buried in his tomb. So Jesus wasn't put in just some, any, any burial spot. And they thoroughly checked out that the tomb was empty. And so then the next theory they came up with was that the disciples stole his body out of the tomb and hid it somewhere. <coughs> because they, it was factual that the tomb was empty. Now... The fact that the disciples stole the body and hid it somewhere doesn't make sense because when Jesus was crucified, they all ran. Like, they, when he was arrested, they ran. They hid. I mean, even Peter right. denied knowing him. And, and they were in fear because they, they didn't want to be crucified either. And so they were in hiding at the time when the woman found the uh, tomb empty. And so what happened, even the fact that they record that woman found it, is also proof, because back then, women weren't known to be, they weren't considered to be credible witnesses. I don't like that, but anyway, that's what they said. And so the fact that they acknowledged that women found the empty tomb and were the first to see Jesus was fact that it was probably true, because they wouldn't have said it, because that wouldn't have sounded credible if they were making it up. And then Mm -hmm. the fact that after the disciples Mm -hmm. claimed to have seen Jesus in his resurrected body... They changed completely. All of them changed completely. And they all acknowledged that he rose from the dead. And that was the foundation of which they started the Christian church. Now, if that wasn't true and they had stolen the body, first of all, they didn't get much glory in themselves for telling that message. In fact, they were all persecuted. Many of them spent years in prison, had all kinds of persecution in their lives, and most of them were martyred because of that message. And so, if they were lying and they knew that they had stolen the body, they they would have to be, all of them, insane, right? Because you're not going to do that if you're lying and you know you're lying. And so, then the other theory is that they all believed it. They all hallucinated. And that doesn't make sense either because hallucinate, when someone hallucinates, it's not usually in groups. It's usually an individual. In fact, if you talk to psychiatrists, it's never in groups. And so you know they, they acknowledged eating with them, talking with them. They acknowledged right. all kinds of things. And so and so that was the you know that's why it doesn't make sense. All of them were willing to lay down their lives. Right. For the fact that they saw Jesus after he died, they saw his resurrected body, and it gave them such excitement, such joy, and such hope that they knew the message that he had shared with them about eternal life was true. Because he conquered death, he conquered hell, he conquered the grave, and he gave hope to a lost and dying world, and they knew that they had to go and tell the world that message. Even Doubting Thomas... We all talk, call him Doubting Thomas, who, who actually touched his body after he <coughs> rose from the dead. You know, went into, later on went into India and founded the Christian church there and ended up being, they say he, they believe he was martyred for his faith. And so every one of them, you know, totally sold out to the message. Not to mention that there were many others, like the Apostle Paul, who was mm-hmm. on his, you know, on a mission. To wipe out the church. To wipe out the myth, so-called myth, that Jesus rose from the dead. Until he saw Jesus himself. And then converted and ended up, you know, proclaiming the gospel. And he didn't get any benefits for that in this world. He had no you know, he wasn't getting a lot of money for it. He wasn't getting a lot of accolades for it. In fact, he was constantly persecuted and imprisoned and spent most of his time in ministry under house arrest and ended up being, um, you know, ended up being murdered for his beliefs. So you knew he must have seen Jesus. So that many people, That's right. having seen the resurrected Christ, is proof in itself and there's much historical documentation on this and so we have to know that the faith the faith that we have and the fact that there are several billion christians Mm -hmm. on the earth see god knew what he was doing he had a plan that's right and the good news is because he rose again we too will rise again we too will experience eternal life and that's the message that he has if we are in christ
1: But what does this all mean to you and I today when the Lamb of God, the Bible says, John the Baptist looked and saw in the Spirit and he saw Jesus, and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then we could see that Lamb uh, at the time of the Passover, which was when the crucifixion took place, Pilate says, I find no fault in him. And how many know, if you understand the Jewish history and you understand the significance that the Lamb that they were going to use had to have no blemishes, come on, no defects of any kind inside the Lamb. And so when Pilate inspected him and said, listen, I don't find any fault, and you'll find that three times in the writings of John that it is there, because the Son of God took as my substitute and your substitute 2,000 years ago. You know, in 2004, there was an amazing movie on from one of my favorite actors out there, Denzel Washington, And if anybody's seen Denzel, he was just in Fences a few months ago and uh, we saw that movie. This guy is an incredible actor out there, but he played a a true story actually out there called Man on Fire. And it shares about a kidnapping that took place in a very wealthy family's home of their little nine-year-old daughter. And I'll just use her name was Lapina. They called her Pina. And she was on her way with Denzel, who was now the bodyguard, a former CIA director. And we see him going there with her to the piano lessons, and he picked it up. There was two cops that were corrupt, and then there was four other kidnappers that actually came in, and they were trying to take the little girl. Well, he shot and killed four of them, but they still got away with little Pina. And so I'm not gonna have time to develop the whole movie. It's an incredible movie, but at the end they find out that the little girl's alive. And the only way that they will settle is if he gave his life, if he would turn himself in for the little girl. And he really cared about this little girl, really loved this little girl and felt that he had failed her. Even though he was shot and even though he was wounded, he felt he had failed her. So he went and they, there's a scene on a bridge where, where the mother's over on the one side, and we see the, the, the drug dealers, the lords on the other side over there. And then they bring the little girl, okay, and she walks and sees and she sees Creasy. And he gives her a hug. And then she goes, and she's set free, and this one has to die. In the same respect, picture this here, just just picture this here. He died for that little girl that he loved. But Jesus Christ, he died for the entire human race. And he took the curse, he took the hatred, he took the bondage, he took the fears. He took the insecurities, he took the self-hatred, he took the shame, he took everything on himself. And the Bible says he became an offering of sin for you and I. That you and I could be made the righteousness of God. Not only did Creasy, did we see that little girl is now free to be back with her mom, free to be restored, but listen, the whole human race today is restored, and Jesus gave us the gospel, which is good news, that you don't have to stay in the bondages. You don't have to stay in the fear. You don't have to stay in the hatred. You can be set free today. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches you and I that we are called to understand our inheritance, his power, his might, that you and I are the feet of Jesus today. You and I are called the body of Christ today. We're his spokesman. We're his mouth. We are his sons. We are his daughter. The resurrection brought us in to a place of right relationship with Jesus Christ, not just to forgive you of your sins, but to make you righteous, as clean as Adam was in the garden before he ever fell. God restored us back, and many people walk with their heads down today, but you don't have to walk with your head down any longer. You can lift your head up high, not in your accomplishments, but the Son of God's accomplishments for you and I today. Glory to God. God called you and I to victory, not to bondage. He's called us to boldness, not timidity. He's called us to backbone, not to be wishbone. He's called us to be strong in the Lord, not strong in ourselves. Come on, church. To stand, not quit. To aggress, not not back down. To be winners, not losers. Overcomers, not the overcome. Encouragers, not discouragers. Active, listen very carefully, not negative. He's called us to be doers of the word, not just here. He's called you to health. He's called you to prosperity. He's called you to lend. He's called you to be blessed. He's called you to obey. He's called you to the abundant life. He's called you to heaven, not hell. He's called you to forgive, listen carefully, not resent, to be a blessing, not a curse, to holiness, not worldliness, to faithfulness, not shamefulness, to meekness, not retaliation, to joy, not sorrow, to faith, not unbelief, to self-control, not out of control, and to put off the old man, which the resurrection did. It severed its court and put you in to the new man, which is created after. God in true righteousness and true holiness. Glory to God. That's the resurrection.
0: You know, when we look at this world around us, we see a lot of hopelessness. We see people that really don't have hope. In fact, suicides are on the rise. So many people are getting involved in all kinds of addictions Mm. because they're trying to mask pain that they're in. Relationships are falling apart. We see all kinds of wars, rumors of wars, all kinds of, you know, Issues, crises, and and things that go on in our world. And how many know if you start if you look around? and just keep your focus on this world, you can be really overcome with hopelessness very easily. And so often people are. Unfortunately, people don't know that there is hope. Jesus came to give us hope, to show us that there's a better way, to show us that we can overcome whatever is in this world. Because he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome. Many are, there's many troubles, many trials, many afflictions in this world. But be of good cheer. I have overcome this world. And he says, I have conquered death. I have conquered hell. I have conquered the grave and when you're in Christ you will too will be a conqueror in fact he says we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus who loves us and so Jesus came to conquer the hopelessness of this world to conquer the things that would cause us to just want to give up and quit or feel defeated feel shame feel like we don't have anything worth living for and so often people pursue things in life only to come up empty in the end. Because so many things seem good. People will pursue riches, and they'll get riches, but those riches don't satisfy them, and they can't take them with them when they, when they die. And, you know, we can pursue, uh, you know, good relationships, and so often those relationships, you know, fall apart, misunderstandings, offenses, things get in the way. We can pursue huh. some kind of addiction to satisfy us. You know, we all have things that we enjoy and like in life, but none of those things can truly meet our needs are the deep needs of our heart. Only God can do that. Only Jesus can do that. And that's why he came. (laughs) And when he died and was buried and rose again, the resurrection life was evidence that there is a better day for you and a better day for me, that we too will rise again, that we have eternal life with him, and that we don't have to just exist in this world without purpose and just live for whatever's around us because anything that we see around us can be taken away.
1: See, when he went before Pilate, the Scriptures teaches that Pilate asked him a question. He says, are you a king? He says, thou hast said. They put a sign up on there that the the religious leaders wanted to change Jesus, and they had it changed, in they had it made in three different names. The Aramaic, they had it named in the Hebrew. Come on now. And, And they wanted to change it because it said, Jesus, the king of the Jews. There's something that the enemy hates and he hates the king. Come on now. Because he's not coming back as a baby in a manger. He's not coming back, listen very carefully, as the Lamb of God. He's coming back as a lion of the tribe of Judah. He's coming back as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the New Testament tells you and I that he hath already passed that, made us kings. Kings are ones that have dominion. Kings are ones that have authority. And he made us priests. Priests were the the ones that have access to the very throne of God. And the New Testament says he's made you a king. He's made you a priest. He's the highest king of kings and Lord of lords, but he's made you a king today. Don't ever put your head down any longer. You have royalty in your DNA. You have the very blood of the Son of God on the inside of you, and the enemy wants to do everything he can to confuse your mind, to confuse the gospel, because he rose from the dead To bring the kingly anointing and the priestly anointing to your life and mine. Glory to God.
0: You know, sometimes when you look at the world leaders that are in power today, it can be kind of scary. You know, when you think of the world leaders that are in power, I'll say it again. The world leaders that are in power today, some of them are very powerful and they're very scary. And I'm not naming names. I'm not going to get into anything to do with politics. But it is important who's in leadership. It is important because they determine really a lot of what your life will be like. They will often determine the economy. They will determine health care. They will determine whether we go to war or not. They will determine many, many things that influence and affect our quality of life. And that's why people are so passionate about politics because they know whoever's in power, what they do affects you. It affects your life. It affects your country, your nation, and the world. And so it's important who rules. It's very important. And we live in a fallen world. And unfortunately, because of that, there are so many rulers in our world that are not good. And they really don't have good motives. And because of that, we see all kinds of problems and all kinds of stuff going on. And those things can often put fear in our hearts. I mean, even just watching the news this week. You know, you can watch it and you can think, you know, any day we could be at war. Any day. And Jesus in fact, there is, there is some of that that's already happening. There is some of our, some of our uh, Canadian troops and American troops are at war. But, you know, there, there's, there's things that could happen, though, that could drastically change our quality of life in an instant. And that can cause us to feel fearful and feel uncertain and and wonder. And yet God says that he, Jesus, will rule and reign on this earth. But not only that, he also says that we are in Christ Jesus and we are seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus at the right hand of the Father. And when we see ourselves seated with him, we can rule and reign in our lives. We have authority in our lives to walk as overcomers but not overcomers in the sense sometimes that we think that we're just going to live a perfect life and nothing ever is going to happen to us as much as we're going to overcome. Whatever comes our way. And those things will not be able to take us out. They won't be able to destroy us. And we will be able to walk in victory. And we will be able to walk as conquerors. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. That's what the Word of God says. Right. And so we can walk in as conquerors in Christ. But Jesus is coming back. And he's going to establish a new heaven and a new earth. Come on, girl. And this earth will be taken away. There, there will be a judgment coming on this earth. And anyone that's not in Christ will be judged. That's what the Bible says. They will be judged. But in Christ, we've already been judged as righteous and holy. And not because of what we do, but because of what He's done, and because we have faith in the only Son of God, the begotten of the Father. And because of Him, we can be alive in Him and inherit the eternal life because He took our sin. That's right. He took and forgave us so that we could forgive others, so that we could be a light in the darkness. And we need to be that light. You know, so often when people decide that they're not going to believe in God, whether they're an agnostic or an atheist or, or, or whatever, they, they um, often do that or determine that because maybe they've had bad experiences with Christians. You know, have you ever as a parent had your kids do things that kind of embarrass you? Anybody here that's a parent ever had a child do something? Raise your hands if you've ever had a child do something that embarrassed you. And I embarrassed my parents. <laughs> and you hoped and prayed that people wouldn't judge you based on the behavior of your children. How many can relate to that? And yet so many people judge Jesus, judge his character on sometimes the behavior of his children because his children aren't perfect yet, just like yours would. Right. And so, what, you know, We have to look at him, not at people. Though I, you know, all my years of being a Christian, I've seen many Christians, not all, but some Christians, I should say some Christians, that if I was to base my faith on what they showed me about God, I wouldn't be a Christian. I think we all met some of those people. But then there's many (coughs) that exemplify Christ. And I thank God for that. We can always find the few that don't. And use that as an excuse. And the real bottom line, Jesus said, of why he that's would right. be rejected is because he convicts us that's of right. sin. See, people don't want to deal with their sin. They want to be able to do what they want that's to right. do. They don't want accountability. That's and that's the real reason why most people reject Christ and reject even believing in God at all. Right. Because there's accountability for what we do. And so what we have to understand, Jesus is coming back and he's going to establish a new earth. And he, and he will reign as king of the new earth. Right. He will be the ruler. He is the king and he will rule with righteousness. He will rule with love. He will rule with us at his heart and do what's best for us and he will rule his children that truly believe in him and trust in
1: him. Can you just imagine the king taking my place and taking your place for all of our garbage? That's exactly what happened. And I you know, I got verse after verse after verse, but early this morning I felt to close with this here writings right now from the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians. But I want to read these here few verses to you today to prepare the ground of your heart and prepare the ground of Rick's heart. It says in 1 Corinthians 15:45 and you can read right along with me if you like today. The scriptures tell us the first man Adam became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body, then the spiritual body comes later. 47, Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. Verse 50 of 1 Corinthians 15, what I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you, everybody say, reveal to you, a wonderful secret. Listen to this secret. We will not all die. Hey, guess what? To this point in history, 100% die. Come on, there's a 100% guarantee that you're going to die in the natural. But look what he says. But we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. And our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. And then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But hang on. But thanks be to God who gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, how many know he lives? <laughs> you know, as we go into communion, if you don't have an element, just raise your hand. It's just, to me, this is one of the most important parts of the entire service, that the Son of God on the last and the night in which he was betrayed. Remember, going back, it was the Passover celebration. And I'm not going to develop the whole aspect of the four cups that were there, but only the Messiah could pick up that last cup. And he took it that night, and the others are looking, it's like, he is the Messiah. But also understand this, when they celebrated the Passover, they were to take the whole lamb, and New Testament tells us, 1 Corinthians 5, that Jesus is our Passover lamb. And every time we break bread, it's remembering what the Son of God has done at Calvary. It's remembering what he has done. It says, bless him, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless the Lord, it says, O my soul and all that's within me, and forget not all, not some, but all his benefits. Come on, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Listen, you're no, you're no longer in your sin, but you're in Christ. Don't see yourself as an addict. Don't see yourself as an addict. Don't see yourself as a loser. Don't see yourself as a failure. See yourself as Christ. We're not ignoring that those other things are there, but when you focus on those things, that's what you become. But when you focus on the things of God, that's what you also become. And God says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation and all things have passed away. So the lamb, when they partook that night, it said there was to be one lamb for the entire household, for the entire family. And when they took it, that daddy blessed it. And guess what happened? The Bible says that night, he said, be dressed Be ready because you're coming out. The death angel is going to come in. But it will have no power over you. How many know hell has no grip over our lives any longer? How many know we're not apart from God. But the veil has been ripped that we're one with God. But let me tell you as much as I believe that. I also believe in the healing of Christ. Because it tells us that three and a half million slaves. Went out of Egypt that night. And there was not one sick one. Not one feeble one, not one weak one amongst them. Come on now. You know what got them sick later on? What got them sick? They all came out healed when they started their whining and their murmuring and their discontentment and complaining. And what was the answer? God had to put a tree in the water of the bitter waters of Mara so that they could be delivered and free. What's the answer to you and I today? It's the cross of Jesus Christ. His death, burial, and resurrection. Let's all stand. Kathy? Kathy? glory to God. Thank you, Father.
0: Father, we thank you for the broken body of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Lord, we thank you that he laid down his life for us and rose again so that we could walk in freedom of life, that we could live for him and for his kingdom. So, Father, we thank you for your love for us. It was so great, so amazing. Lord, that you purchased our freedom so that we could walk Mm -hmm. with you and know you and rise again. So, Father, we take this bread with gratitude and thanksgiving in Jesus' name.
1: We invoke it to the bodies now and command them restored on every front. We command it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for wholeness, wholeness and soundness of mind. I shared this earlier on self-hatred and you struck out not once. You struck out not twice. You struck out not three times, not four times. And you actually at a place where you hate yourself. And this Messiah didn't come to leave you where you're at right now. But to bring you out of that. To break it off your life. Not just for today. Not just for this Easter Holy Week. But to break it off your life. Now renew your mind to what God's word says so you can walk in it every day of your life. For that reason, I want you to bow your head right now, everybody in here, but if that word was for you right now, that that's you and, and, and you just feel you, you can't do it. You just feel you can't do it. Just lift up your hand. I just want to see the hands right now. You feel you can't do it. I see that. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Th- I see those hands. I see those hands. Father, we thank you that through Christ... I decree over their lives, the enemy's hand broken, that they can and they will do all things through Christ who strengthens them. Now God, give them a revelation today of who it is that's living inside. And may the day star of their heart, the God of hope, rise up and break that despair, break that failure. Break that generational tie by the blood of Jesus off of their life. There's somebody even watching by live stream right now that's been tormented incredibly in your mind. And that torment has just, just lied to you. Loser it's called you. Loser it's called you. Failure it's called you. And you've just been listening to that. I command that broken off of their minds, scattered off of them now by the blood of Jesus. And I bind their minds to the mind of God, the voice of God, the love of God, forgiveness of God, and goodness of God, and we loose the shackles of the old and embrace everything in the new. Let us partake of the cup, the cup of forgiveness, the cup of soundness of mind, and the cup that protects you, that the cup that pleads over you, and the the cup that's applied to your everyday life and the path that you're on. Let us partake of the cup now. Thank you, Father. Father, may this be a revelation today of the rescue of God, of the ransom of God, of the remission of sin of God. May it not just be a message, may it be a revelation that everyone's going to walk out of here different than the way they came in. Thank you for it today, Father. Thank you that the life preservers are all thrown out to everyone that had a donut today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God. I know it's a crazy parallel, but God, thank you that we jump in it today. And we just thank you that you've rescued us from the law of sin and death. And now we're alive in Christ Jesus.
0: You know, if you you, are here this morning and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, Mm. you've heard a message today about how Christianity was founded and Why? And about resurrection life. And we want to give you that invitation. That you can be a part of the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. By receiving him. Yeah. Come on. And if that's you this morning. We're going to ask our leaders to come on up here. And if that's you this morning. And you want to receive Christ into your life. We want to invite you to come down. And get prayer for that. Or maybe you're here. And you just have another need. That you want prayer for. We want to encourage you to come on down. And get the prayer that you need. For whatever is going on in your life at this time. The rest of you. Happy Easter. Enjoy your families and friends today, and I hope you uh, just get blessed in all that you do.
1: Amen.